0: Hi, my name is Emma Lasco, and this is The Pilot's Pandemic. Thanks so much for listening. The views expressed in this podcast episode are those of the speakers alone and do not represent the views of the U.S. government, the U.S. Department of Defense, the Brooke Army Medical Center, or the Federal Aviation Administration. Billy Hoffman attended Georgetown University School of Medicine. He is a neurology resident physician, as well as an aeromedical researcher and an FA aeromedical examiner. He is a private pilot passionate about the interface between neuroscience and aerospace. His novel, Wings of Deceit, won first place at the 2019 American Fiction Awards and has been sold all around the world. His second novel, Intrepid Pursuit, will be available summer 2021. I'd also like to add a disclaimer that aerotoxic syndrome is a controversial issue and is not generally accepted. While Billy does talk about it in his fiction book, Intrepid Pursuit, he does not necessarily recognize it as a physician. More research must be done. hey guys i apologize around 11 minutes in billy and i got disconnected but fortunately i was able to recover most of the audio but you'll hear a brief pause that's what that's about i did it kind of we kind of switched topic a little bit not much but i did want to explain that so anyways enjoy thanks so much for listening
1: uh, my name is billy hoffman i am a uh, resident physician, an aeromedical researcher, and an FAA aeromedical examiner.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show today, Billy. Um, how did you get started in aviation? Tell us about, you know, did you grow up in aviation? What's your background?
1: So I think like many of your listeners probably, and many people in aviation, I was bit by the aviation bug at a young age and was just absolutely fascinated by it, um, you know, for my entire childhood, and even as a big kid now, I, I still just think aviation is just an incredible um, feat of human ingenuity. And um, you know, as as I progressed in my in, in my career, uh, I've tried to stay involved and try to learn about its different facets. Um, I initially started out um, in undergrad to become a to become an airline pilot. I switched into medicine early on, but um, you know, do recreational flying on my own.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And do you, so you have your PPL?
1: I do. Yes.
0: Awesome. So how much do you fly? Like, are you able to fly often? Um, like what, what do you, when do you fly? Like, cause you seem like you, you'd be a very busy, busy person. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the answer is of course, not nearly as much as I would love to. Um, but you know, exactly. Flying is one of those things you really have to do it pretty darn regularly to stay safe Yeah. And, Oh, I yeah. was actually when I was in medical school, I was flying at like the minimum frequency to maintain my currency. And, you know, how they talk about aviation safety, how things pile up on each other, like, you know, moderate weather, an unfamiliar yeah. airport, a busy day. And one of those, you know, situations happened to me. So ever since then, I said, well, I, I I haven't flown now for. Uh, a little while for that reason, because I want to make sure I can fly regularly to stay safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's all about that, that paved checklist, you know, like the pilot, what it is. And then, uh, but external pressures are such a big part of that. And I remember seeing that on like my, my, List And I never could understand, like, what does external pressures like, what does that specifically mean? Um, And then, you know, it, it just once you start training, and you really like get into it, you realize there's so many things outside of just being a pilot and, you know, environment, weather, the airplane, that can affect your flying. But um, I hope, you know, your schedule will open up a little bit. Maybe you'll get to fly more. Um, Do you plan on ever getting your IFR or getting any other ratings or licenses?
1: Well, that's the hope. Um, I'm in the Air Force, and I'm hoping that once I kind of am able to proceed a little bit more in this aeromedical, uh, you know, kind of career field, that the Air Force will help me be involved in more aviation. Who can help foot the bill for some of the flying? <laughs> but yeah, the hope, I absolutely, yeah. would be one day to get in the get in my IFR and in commercial and continue to to pre, uh, pursue it as a as a hobby.
0: Nice, nice. Well, um, what what drew you to neuroscience? How would you how did you get into the medical field?
1: Um, you know, similar to aviation, I always had interest in in medicine. And neuroscience and neurology specifically, I think a lot of the same things are in aviation. You know, it's very much, in my opinion, on the, on the cutting edge of, of medical research and medical knowledge. And that by having an understanding, you know, the human nervous system, you can have a, a little understanding on, on the human and kind of the human condition. And the brain, of course, like yeah. to joke, is the only thing in the universe that studies itself. Uh, so the yeah. existential implications of neurologic disease and the sciences has always really fascinated me.
0: Yeah, no, that's actually that's that's hilarious. You said that because as a kid, and I still think about it often. It's it's crazy that exactly how you said it's it's incredible to me that we study ourselves, but in studying ourselves, we're using our brain to. It's just that's one of those concepts that's like very mind blowing to me. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> don't
1: want to think about it too hard.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, because I'll, I'll start. I'll start like I won't even have words, but <laughs> so. So, like, I know you're, um, and I'm very familiar with your case studies and the work you're doing right now, but when did you discover that, like, AeroMed and that the aviation's perspective on wellness is kind of outdated? Um, When did that become something that you became aware of?
1: So, um, I will start by saying that, uh, you know, our ability to screen pilots for their fitness to fly is a very challenging one and it is a challenge that is not new um, ever since that you know there was really the first u.s air medical standards back in world war one all the way until mm-hmm. you know and they were established for civilian pilots in 1926. there's been this challenge of appropriate screening to ensure that there's you know a pilot safe to function but also for the general public that you know when people are operating aircraft over large populations of people that um, there's an appropriate risk to uh, to those on the ground and of course people in the air Um, Yeah. And and as those evolved over time, um, you know, it is the challenging question, how do you appropriately screen someone to ensure that they're safe, but doing it in a way that, uh, you know, manages safety, but also pilot autonomy. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, geez, that's such a, it's such a deep subject, but um, can you t- talk to, talk to us about, you know, your recent, what you're working on now and your previous case studies? Um, I've I've read over them and I hope that some of my followers did read over them. I link them in a few of um, the descriptions on my podcast and they're like in my link tree so that people can go and um, look at them. But yeah, tell us a little bit about that. What are you working on?
1: Absolutely. So, now, everybody who is in aviation and the physicians that, you know, when we care for pilots, we're well aware of this issue that pilots are averse to seeking care because they are worried about the implications that a new medical condition or symptom can have on their career as a pilot or else they're, you know, a valuable hobby for a lot of people. Yeah. And um, interestingly, though, despite this kind of well-known trend, uh, it's very, not very well documented in the medical literature. Um, you know, it's common knowledge, and uh, but yeah. the, the, or the, the actual degree by which that people suffer from this is, is not well you know, indicated. Actually, the first study that we did, when I submitted it to actually an aeromedical journal, the feedback I got mm-hmm. from the reviewer was, this is so common knowledge that we don't, you know, this should not be published because everybody knows this problem. Uh, you know, oh, my
0: God. jeez, for, <laughs> Yeah,
1: but, but fortunately, you know, our paper was eventually able to be published. And we feel very strongly that quality data is going to be the cornerstone to any meaningful change that can be done. And that yeah. by by having good research, we can advocate for pilots so that there is a, a screening program that is in the benefit of society because an air medical or an AME's job is to make sure that people on the ground are safe from pilots. And, you know, of course, pilots are safe.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's crazy what you said. I mean, you, I, like, you can... So many people, so many of my followers, when I really started to talk about this, so many people just in the general public were so unaware of this issue. And if you go on Google, if you go on Safari, if you try and do any type of research, I mean, there's not really anything out there that quantifies this problem at all. Other than your case studies, it's been really tricky for me to find information that kind of explains the problem and sheds light on the problem that's going on here but you're exactly right I feel like especially it's always been this way but in today's world you need you need hard evidence to prove your point you have to have strong evidence to back something so I I appreciate all the work you know you've been doing I the the case studies were to me I already knew there was an issue and I had experienced it firsthand with my father but going through and reading those case studies and looking at those those tables it was just it still blew my mind um it was just still so shocking to see but how can people can people like um be a part of the case study like what can people do to help like what can I do what can the people do to kind of Um, help wake people up to spread awareness, to share awareness? Can people contribute to the case study?
1: Absolutely. So, um, you know, we all know that this is a widespread problem. So our first paper demonstrated that of about 900 pilots that participated, interestingly, mostly airline pilots, 78% of people, of pilots specifically said, yes, I suffer from healthcare seeking anxiety. So almost three quarters, as compared to the about twenty-eight percent of non-pilot controls, and you know, when, when we started launching this research, we felt we, we found we found a similar response. People are very interested, and and not to mention, it's actually not only in the United States. We have another study going on in Canada that actually just launched mm-hmm. last week, and similar, almost a thousand people involved um, in within the first, is that, first week.
0: Are are you working on that? Because I did, I saw that quite recently um, on which is caddy but i saw that quite recently on instagram and i was wondering if um you were involved with that um the the canadian uh research projects you know what's wild is
1: that our first study thanks to some influencers on instagram like aviation um influencers they shared study, Mm -hmm. and i was able to get in touch with some researchers at the university of alberta and who wanted to do a similar study in canada so i'm um, yeah, we've been mm-hmm. partnering with them to try to forward this study because in Canada because this is certainly an issue there too,
0: yeah, I've talked to Adi did you what inspires you to want to because this is just from what I've seen and what I've had to contribute as far as the petition and Everything else, this is like a really big beast. Um, what inspired you to want to like take on this challenge? And are you afraid in any way? I know like the the FAA is very, very powerful. Um so I, I was curious about that.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I agree. This is a a a major issue. Um, and you know, there's no mystery. I mean, we've been hearing about these you know, the repercussions of this issue in the news back in twenty fifteen, that German wings A three twenty that crashed into the into the Alps uh, when they after a suicide attempt from the pilot, after he had actually seen multiple um healthcare providers in Germany who had said that mm-hmm. this pilot should not be flying because of his depression, but the pilot did feel comfortable disclosing that. Yeah. Um, so and there's many examples of that, and this is a major issue. Um, yeah. Now, but I'm very hopeful. I, I am hopeful that I think we, you know, uh, advances can be made and we can really advocate to improve the situation. And I will say this, I recently actually underwent the training, uh, the FAA um, AME training, and actually mm-hmm. meant it was just wonderful. I had the opportunity to meet the people that make these decisions, the people who are at the yeah. table deciding, you know, who gets waivers, how, how is the process done. And um, I was excited and, and very hopeful to see that they are, that they are constantly in a state of, you know, to my appearance anyways, in a, in a state of, of um, you know, system improvement and advocating yeah. for flyers. And actually, some interesting kind of facts that I learned is that um, really only a very, very small percentage of people in the United States ultimately um, do not get approved for their uh, medical certificate. Actually, of all mm-hmm. the pilots that apply it's it's like less than point one percent, but the issue is that the number one reason why people don't get approved is because there there's like a you know a heavy administrative burdensome process that they need to go through in order to complete the the waiver process, and that's actually the number yeah. one reason why people aren't approved um, yeah. but the you know the hopeful thing is that the number is quite small, and that the majority of the time people can be approved um, yeah and yes.
0: Nice. Oh, yeah, I had um, my previous guest, he um, he's been trying to get his third class medical and he said he's hopeful that, you know, he'll get it soon. But it's been a lot of paperwork and a lot of different tests and things that he's had to submit to the FAA um to get that approval which I'm hoping he'll get soon cuz I hate you know that anyone like wouldn't be able to fly cuz it's such a like you said it and everyone says it's such a bug like and once you have that bug like it's a love that just never ends. So I'm glad to hear. So you think, you know, the FA is very aware of this problem. Do you think that they want change as well? Do you think that most of the people, you know, working in the administration want to see a change and want to kind of revamp the system? Or do you think it's kind of kind of half and half or nobody at all or all of them?
1: Um, you know, my brief impression from the people I was able to meet is that, they are like us. They love aviation. Yeah. They want people to fly and they, they love it. know, they love the discipline and they love pilots. Um, and that was really, you know, the impetus for a lot of our research is that if we can have uh, quality data that suggests the pilot or the, this problem, and that can try to quantify specific facets of it, we can mm-hmm. propose specific interventions that can improve it for pilots. Um, because, yeah. You know, if we have specific interventions that could be proposed, I think that's going to be that next step. And our current study that we had briefly talked about is we have about just about uh, just over three thousand pilots that have participated, and our goal in this study is we are trying to generate um, evidence in support of some specific interventions that we wanted to propose to the FAA. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I I will start by saying there's no um, obvious or easy solution to this problem. Um, I was about
0: to say, there's really no easy, it seems like such a, it's going to be so complicated. Um, it's not an easy task at all. Like, but do you, what are your ideas for solutions? Do you have any ideas where, you know, what you're saying about this, you know, pilots are adverse to seeking healthcare. Do you have, um, do you have any thoughts, ideas for a solution for that?
1: Yes. Well, uh, Outside of the research, I was really, the one major message I want to share with your listeners is that your local AME, so your doctor that you go to for your flight physical, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. is on your side. They are your advocate to help you get your certificate. Now, Mm -hmm. if you have a medical condition, it typically requires quite a bit of documentation. And one way you can help your AME advocate for you to get your certificate even if Mm -hmm. they can't certify you on the day of your visit is to make sure you bring all that with you and, and bring all your documentation the supporting information so that they can help advocate you to keep flying. So your AME is on your side. So that's thing number one, but the thing in terms of process recommendations is Mm -hmm. one thing that we have proposed in this research is the, is the um, establishing of a, like an aeromedical health advisory line that would be modeled after after the Lockheed Martin flight service uh, line
0: mm-hmm. that, yeah.
1: that can be helpful in pilots making the go no go decision, like they make for weather, mm-hmm. but from a medical perspective. So for example, yeah. a pilot says, well, I have, a, I have a cold and you know, my, I, I'm feeling stuffy, you know, and of course we know that, you know, vertigo and vertiginous system symptoms in flight can be very dangerous. A, yeah. a trained oh, yeah. healthcare provider in aerospace medicine can help you make that decision. Um, the reason for that is in our previous study, we know that pilots seek care from alternative avenues. We, we have, you know, our mm-hmm. research has demonstrated, demonstrated that pilots seek care from the Internet, their buddies, their, their chiropractor. Yeah. And, and these aren't aeromedical health professionals that have the expertise that can help pilots make that decision. So while it's not a perfect solution, it may be one way that we can advocate for increased safety and for some um, you know, some uh, opportunity for pilots to seek care. Now, the, then, the, gotcha. then the second issue, which I don't know how we're gonna be able to help with this, but of course, you know, whatever processes that can be put in place to, you know, make the, make the system faster for pilots to seek their, to get their special, their special issuance so they can keep flying. But uh, mm-hmm. a really help with that process is making sure they work with their AME to ensure they have all the documentation they need to get that special issuance
0: gotcha yeah well and and I know this is not not one of the questions I had, but what um what's like your what is your stance on the mental health aspect um i know like a, a, from what I've read in your case studies um it seems like a little bit more f- physical based, but do you think there's any solutions or, um, what's your, you know, what's your stance on like the mental aspect of this? Cause I, I've had a lot of people reach out to me who, you know, just deal with anxiety, um, depression, that kind of stuff. And it, a lot of these people are like, I, you know, I ha I was diagnosed with depression, but I've worked very hard to, you know, heal myself and get the help that I need. Now I'm in a better space. What, what can I do to fly? Um, and it seems like a lot of these people are having a hard time, um, getting, getting back to flying after having something like this happen. Um, do you know like what the FA stance on that is going to be looking forward?
1: You know, we know that pilots suffer from mental health conditions, just like everyone else, despite pilots, you know, yeah. wanting to feel like they are, you know, Uh, all you know all powerful and don't have emotion you know it's it's extremely common not to mention that especially airline pilots uh they they have particular you know specific risk factors that can increase the risk of depression they're on the road yeah they they have shift work um they have alterations in their schedule and their sleep and wake cycles which can certainly be a risk factor um now actually directly that came out of this german wings accident was that Previously, really, unfortunately, a diagnosis of major depressive disorder was, you know, a was a, a medically disqualifying condition. But yeah. now, um, you know, through the good work of the FAA um, and, the, you know, through through some advocacy, now pilots can be diagnosed with this condition and be treated with one of four um, SSRIs, which is a class of medicines that are commonly used to treat depression. Um, mm-hmm. And if they are stable on that dose of medicine and have no suicidal ideation or homicidal ideation for six months, they can be granted a special issuance and continue flying. Now, again,
0: awesome. it's, not, it's awesome. not
1: perfect, but um, it's definitely yeah. an improvement. And I think that speaks to the FAA, yeah. you know, hoping to you know, press, press uh, improvements forward.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a step in the right direction. But I did want to talk to you about um your book, Wings of Deceit, which I've read about half of it. And I've really had to pace myself because, Billy, it is addicting. Like, I love this book. I wish this book was a TV show, a movie. Like, it is incredible. But I really wanted to talk to you about this book. And for um my followers who haven't gotten this book yet, go on Amazon right now, order Wings of Deceit. It is just it's absolutely incredible, and it, it really touched home with me because it really reminded me of my dad. Um, but I really wanted to talk to you about what inspired the story, what inspired the character Mac. Um, you know, where did you get the inspiration for this book and this character because it's, it's ph- phenomenal. I, I love this book, Billy. Oh, I, and
1: I really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time to, to read it. Um, yes, it's a story, you know, from my heart that I think that this is a, it's a problem. And, uh, really the idea came out before we even started the research. It was, man, I just can't believe that people aren't talking about this problem. What, what's the worst case scenario? What would happen if, you know, heaven forbid somebody has this undisclosed medical condition and what's, you know, what happens in the worst scenario. And honestly, fiction is a great way to explore that. Uh, nobody, nobody gets hurt and you can, you know, it's an opportunity to kind of think through what's possible. Um. Yeah. yeah. In some ways, Mac is me in another life. If I if I if I didn't go to med school, you know, maybe in some ways it would have been Mac. But um,
0: yeah, and, and I'm yeah. very excited
1: that Wings of Deceit is actually going to be on Audible as an audio book for audiobookers out there coming out in April 2021. Ooh. And the voice actor did a phenomenal job. He really brought the story to life. Oh, I'm.
0: I am excited. That is so I'm going to have to like, listen to that. Just I'm going to have to like, listen to that and just get the whole book over again. Because that's like, I love an audio book, especially like the narration and everything like you can get so creative with that. Um, and it brings a whole other element to the story. But I just I absolutely love this book. Um, and like I said, again, it's, it it's almost like scenario based thinking. Um, and it's something that I've thought, you know, it's crazy because people don't talk about it. And when I read this book, it was like, I've been having these these feelings and these scenario-based ideas my whole entire life, just with my father being a pilot um, and uh, going out the door, you know, every three days, going on a trip. And I knew, you know, I didn't I did ever it wasn't until i was older that i was aware of like my dad possibly having health issues but it was always something that we did think about you know um his his dad died when he was a, at a very young age um so it was something we thought about and this was kind of a scenario that i kind of thought about a few times in my head and you know i'm i'm blessed nothing like that ever happened but it's very um very eye opening for people who aren't having that kind of thinking on a weekly basis. Um, it's just, it's a, it's an amazing perspective, but I absolutely love the book. Um, do you, are you going to do a second one or where are, are you? Are you, cause you're a phenomenal author. Um, and I would love to see more stories out of you. Oh, I, again, it
1: just really means a lot. Emma. Thank you.
0: Uh, I'm actually
1: super excited to, to share that. Actually. Yes. We have, a, have another book coming out in this summer, summer 2021 called Intrepid Pursuit. Um, and this Ooh. story is about, uh, I'm not sure if you or your listeners are familiar with, but aerotoxic syndrome.
0: I am, I've learned about it a little bit, but please explain for the people who don't, probably don't know.
1: Absolutely. So uh, Intrepid Pursuit is uh, through the lens of a, a young airline pilot named Julie Sampers and also a university professor who tries to take on a major issue facing aviation, and that is aerotoxic syndrome. This. Uh, elusive issue that's been going on, potentially been going on for decades, where there is this chemical that is causing fuming events in cabins across the country. And actually, there's large patient groups, airline pilots and, and flight attendants who are saying that this is a problem. Um, and it is a it's a fictional yeah. book uh, of somebody, a pilot trying to take on this problem and take on an industry and improve it for the better.
0: hmm. It's it's kind of interesting. Both of your both of your books just hit extremely close to home for me because um, that was one of the p- possible options of uh, my my uncle. So my uncle is well passed away, but he um, he he lost his life to suicide. And when he when he first passed one of the big questions was that, um, is this, is this related to some kind of fume or some kind of chemical? Um, because we had heard about that a lot before we're still kind of unsure, but it was one of the possibilities. So I'm, I'm very like, um, I'm just, I'm grateful that you're bringing like a, just awareness to this that you're creating like, these books the, the book is incredible and I know this next book is going to be incredible and I just I really thank you for you know shedding an eye on this um for making not just pilots who are already aware of this but just everyone um aware of this but anyway I'm excited oh, I'm you. so excited about your new I murder. really appreciate Yay! it I I love that I love that that's honestly gosh you're 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 like very, very, like, you got great ideas, man, Got great ideas. But (laughs) so to wrap this up, how can you know, how can people contribute to this cause? Um, How can people be a part of the case study? Well,
1: absolutely. Well, we are really hopeful that your listeners will participate in our research. And I am we are very hopeful that they will tell their friends because the most important step moving forward is getting people involved in these in this research and getting the numbers so we get these studies in big name journals so that this could become a more um, you know discussed and a more common issue discussed in the medical literature. so um, you know I, I hope that you'll be willing to share our study links. Our surveys, um are, yes. Yes. are completely anonymous, and we ask that you honestly answer all the questions, um, and please tell your friends mm-hmm. and in in the coming months to years, we're hopeful to spin up several more studies that are similar. And we hope people will keep their ear out and tell their friends about it so they can stay involved.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, I will be sharing this everywhere, all the links. Um, so you guys will be able to have that. I'll, pro- I'll be linking them on my Instagram, but they will be in the podcast description. But, um, and my last question for you, Billy was like, do you see positive change for the future of um, pilots and just aviation in general? Um, I would
1: say yes. I think, I'm hopeful that people will share my you know, optimism that I think things will continue to improve for the better. And by you know, our collective work you know, through, you know, Emma, you're doing really important work through you know, advocacy and, and hopefully through the aeromedical research, we can continue to advocate for you know, change and, and, um, I'm excited that, you know, that there's some key players that seem to really want to know the difference and, and want to, um, have help you know, use the, this research to, to generate solutions to, uh, to these problems that we're discussing today.
0: Yeah. Well, Billy, thank you so much. And I did, I want to, you know, I want to say thank you again for all the, you know, hard work you're doing when, when I was told about you and I saw your book and, and everything that you're doing right now, it it made me extremely hopeful because I, I do feel like I lost my dad to this. Um, You know, I feel like if he, if he wouldn't have had so much anxiety about, you know, seeking help when he had an issue um, who knows, you know, he might've still been here today if he were, you know, in the right, in the right kind of mind to be able to reach out and get help without being scared. But I just, I want to say thank you because I, it was the first time that I felt it, it's my dad's story, but I felt like heard and understood. Um, and it was like, wow, like somebody, somebody gets this. Somebody understands. So I just want to say thank you so much again. And thank you so much for coming on today. Absolutely. It's a
1: pleasure. So, I mean, I am so sorry for the loss of your family and you're doing really important work. And I hope your your listeners really, you know, take to heart that they are not alone. This is a problem that m- yeah. many, many people face. And that when they go see their, when they do the flight physical, you know, I, I want to encourage them to be honest. I know that there is disincentives, but it is for their safety and the safety of others that they're honest, but also know that yeah. most importantly, that their, their AME is on their side. They are their advocate and yeah. making sure they get their, their medical and staying safe. So uh, I hope they can yeah. take, take that away.
0: Yeah, guys, and, I mean, that's so important. And like, you know, like I've said in previous to this, if, you know, it, it is so important to lead with honesty. Um, you know, you don't, you don't want to lose your life to a lie. Um, it's just be honest, be aware. And don't, I know it's hard to say, don't be afraid, but please don't be afraid because no matter, no matter what your, your life is way too valuable to, you know, withhold information. If you feel, um, any, any type of way, mentally, physically, etc. So anyways, thank you so much, Billy, for coming on today. This was a blast. And I hope, um, I hope this will not be the first time I'd really love for you to be like, a big part of our journey because you're honestly like a superhero. So we'd love to have you back on the show. Oh, it is absolutely an honor.
1: And it'd be, it'd be a privilege to come back.
0: All right, Billy. Thank you so much. Thanks Emma. All right, folks, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. If you don't mind, please rate the show five stars and subscribe. It helps me so, so much. Um, I wanted to give Billy another massive thanks, not just for coming on the show, which was such an honor and a privilege, but for doing the work that he does. Um, You know, this man and others are really the key players and trying to secure and create a happier, a healthier, and a brighter future for all of us aviators. You guys can find Billy on Instagram at... Billy Robert Hoff with two F's. His book is available for purchase on Amazon, Wings of Deceit, and is now available on Audible. So if you're more of an audiobook kind of person, we've got you covered. Um, guys, I'm sorry I haven't been very consistent with this podcast i i've been very very busy my family is in the middle of a move and i've been helping them with that it's just been kind of hard to sit down and find time but i will get more consistent next week i'm going to come back at you guys solo dolo answer a few follower questions um and i hope you guys will stay tuned and hopefully enjoy that as well thank you guys and cheers happy flying